Last time that I checked, last election, America stood as a nation divided. And as a result, America became a nation under the racist regime and dictatorship of a tyrant. Yeah, we know all about the politics. We know about the voter suppression and the poll tampering. We know about every tactic that they use to discourage minorities into believing that they have no voice. There's a reason why they don't want your voice to be heard. And that's exactly why we vote. We take our voice, we take our vote, and we take our unity, and we take back our future. And not just for president, from the judges to the school board to the police chief. We the people will decide upon the decision makers who are committed to the people, and not this capitalistic administration set on destroying the very fabric of our society. One vote, one voice, it's that simple, because you're not Divided we stand or divided we fall. Guess what, y'all? It is hump day. Hello, hello, everybody, and happy Wednesday to you and yours. Welcome to all our friends and family and guests to a single woman's new show, Couch Chronicles, coming to you live on the Love Radio Network. Network. I am your worldwide radio host personality, Simone Hurt, thanking you for tuning in to share your time with me tonight. It is a great day to be empowered, everybody, and to enjoy your journey right from your own homes and from the couch. Go on, get a glass of whatever you like. Sit yourself down. Enjoy the nuances of a woman and man's perspective on life, love, friends, dating, generational issues, some of them curses, plus every topic in between. Now, don't forget to call all your friends and family to come on in and join us by either logging on to the internet at loveluvradionetwork.com. It's all together. And press the live button. If you don't have internet access, you can still listen to us and participate by calling 563-999-3519. Again, that's 563-999-3519. Come on in and sit back for a wonderful and sometimes very grown show. Remember, you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Simone, S-Y-M-O-N-E, Hurt, H-U-R-T, and on Twitter at Simone Loves You Too. Now, praying everyone is well today, and our topic is a part two continuance of last week's family drama series, and we're going to push your limits today, y'all, intrigue you, and most importantly, open your eyes to seeing things in a different or a new light. Our tonight's topic within the family drama series is sibling rivalry. Now, whether or not you have zero siblings, just a few, or some of y'all got a whole football team out there, this is where you want to be. So to make sure that you, all your family tonight is in the, on the group chat talking about it and can also ask questions and you guys can continue on on your own, make sure you invite them to come on in either on loveradionetwork.com or call in at 563-999-3519. This is a good time to listen and actually enjoy the show just from your couch. 
even though um, we're all family, because tonight it's going to be all about the family. And you know what happens when family gets together? We like to listen to some gossip. We like to uh, party. And, you know, a party ain't a party without a little drink, a little music, and some line dancing. So for, for most of y'all who know about that, now, if you don't, we don't have enough room in the studio for line dancing tonight. But I will guarantee you to either stimulate your mind or get your body up off the couch with some oohs and some ahs and some uh-uh, no, they didn't go there. So that's enough of the teasing. So grab your drink, nestle on in, but don't pull that blanket up too far because it's about to get hot, hot, hot up in here. So lean on in and enjoy the ride. Everybody, let's welcome to the mic our permanent co-host, Mrs. Tanya Dews from Baltimore. And we got um, new co-host, Miss Kim Hamilton from Youngstown, Ohio. Welcome to the Couch Chronicles, my love. Hey, guys. How are hey, you? Hey, everything tonight. Yes, yes. Look, ladies, Thank how's you. your day going today? Oh, pretty good. How about you? It's good. It's been a long one. How about you, Kim? Oh, it's been a long day, but I'm excited <laughs> about right now, so we're good. I know that's right. I know that's right. Again, as always, I thank you ladies for being on the show tonight. And as they say, intimacy starts with a good old conversation, so just let's talk. Now, ladies, we're going to jump right on into this and just ask some basic questions so we can do a little warm-up here for our audience and let them all get in here and get riled up for the big finale coming in the middle and the end. So, ladies, and we're going to start with Miss Kim. What has been your experience with sibling rivalry? I can't say the word today. Rivalry. And how many siblings oh. do you actually have? Oh, girl, when you talk about blended families, my family broke the blender. So, okay, let me break this down. <laughs> um, my mom, when she remarried, I inherited two older stepbrothers and one younger stepbrother, and I have one younger biological brother. So okay. through my mom, I am right smack in the middle of uh, four boys, two older, two okay. younger. When my father remarried, um, I touched on it a little bit last week, I had a stepsister who was one year older than me, and then there was my biological younger brother. That is where the sibling <laughs> rivalry came in. Um, so, I, yeah, it was, mm. it was kind of fun. So, yeah, you can't um, have a family without family sibling. Blended. Well, you yeah. can't have family so, without um, sibling rivalry. <laughs> okay. No, well, so, I wouldn't well, have any if my father wouldn't have remarried that second time, but, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> for, my, for my mother's side, um, I really didn't have any rivalry with my brothers. Okay, okay. And but I can definitely Tanya. share some stories. I'm sure you can, well, and that's what we're going to do tonight. So, uh, Ms. Tonya, what has been your experience with sibling rivalry? See, I got it right today. And how many siblings right. do you have? Yeah, well, um, I don't have any sibling rivalry um, per se. I do have uh, have one biological sister, and I do have a half-sister um, that's uh, living out there somewhere who doesn't connect with my sister and I. When we met her, uh, we thought everything was peaches and cream when we finally met her. I didn't meet her until I was 16 years old. Um, and when we finally met her, uh, she seemed like she was just all uh, roses and peaches. And then later she put out her horns, her her fangs, and her claws. And, boy, uh, see, my sister, she's the sweetheart of us, and I'm the one I ain't taking it. And uh, 
I uh, I gave her the boot, and me and her haven't really talked, and I I have no interest in trying to find out what's going with her. I asked my dad how she's doing here and there, but um, as far as the rivalry, she was very frustrated with us and angry with us that we had her father and she didn't have that relationship that me and my sister had with him. Wow. Okay. I understand that. Uh, My experience has been very vast. I started out as an only child, and then uh, my mother got married, and I obtained uh, an older brother, an older sister, so that made three of us at that time. And around age 42, 43, I got a younger brother and younger sister, Um, so that makes five of us now. And I also happen to know my brother from my uh, paternal father. Um, He and my mother weren't married very long. But all in all, I went from being a only child to the youngest child to being the eldest child to now being the middle child. So um, I have had, if you know, there's any poster child for change, my face needs to be up there. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) I have, I've I've had to do a lot of changing, a lot of shifting, and a lot of uh, getting, uh, you know, used to things because I, I never stayed the same. I always had to change. And, and it's one thing that a lot of people and families, they pretty much got a position and they got to play that position from the beginning to the end. And that just wasn't my story. So that's where I'm at with that. So that's a little bit of the basics for us ladies. Now, um, tell me this, Tanya. Is your family close? My family is extremely close. They're okay. intrusive close. <laughs> they're uh, <laughs> they're too close. Um, my entire family is very, very close, even outside of the family. You know, cousins, relatives, we're very, very close. Okay. And Kim? Yeah, you know me. I have so many families in my family, um, but fortunately, uh, we are pretty close. My my mother and my stepfather divorced about 25 years ago, and I'm still very close to his family. Um, I grew up with them, and so I'm very close to my step-siblings and my aunts and uncles and cousins. Um, we have uh, a different faith in our family, and so that part of our family, even though we don't worship the same, we are um, pretty close. And okay. um, so, yeah, overall, all of the branches of my family tree, we pretty much uh, do okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I guess I'm the new norm, so everybody can kind of, some people can relate to me. Um, sometimes my family is close. And with me having to shift positions a lot, I've, I've had a lot of transitional period of time where I didn't feel like I fit in or I belonged until I got used to my position. Um and sometimes I still don't, um, and that's only because I'm not as involved um, with everybody. Um, and I would say this, uh, especially my younger siblings, I don't see them or talk to them that much. And that's more my fault. I probably need to reach out a little bit more. But if y'all listening, y'all can call a sister too, don't forget. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, no, no, no. Yes, is no, that a big enough hint no. for you? <laughs> but no, and my my older sister and brother they stay in touch. Now we 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 uh, we have a collective understanding. If you give me energy, I'll give you energy. 
So we're both kind of, and we're all like that. So we make sure that we stay in touch enough that, you know, we're in the loop. And, you know, I would like for it to be better. But, you know, when we have busy lives and you have your own careers, it does get difficult. But we make the effort and the energy, I will say that. So I would say that we're semi-close. Um, we, we got the, the basics down, the holidays down. We perfect on the holidays. We got that. Um, it's just the, the day-to-day. We could probably, you know, use a little work. So that's about where we're at. So let's get down to some real deep business. So it's time to put um, your thinking caps on. Everybody that's on the couch, make sure you're sitting back because you don't want to sit forward because you might fall over. So we're going to start with some of our uh, more intimate questions. Now, how do you think that your parents have affected your relationships with your siblings, whether positive or negatively? And we're going to start with Miss Kim on that. Um, hmm. I would have to say that my step-parents, were really good about making sure all of us felt like we belonged. If I didn't learn anything from my step-parents, it would be I definitely learned about unconditional love. I have never been singled out with any of my parents because of remarriage. As a matter of fact, it created a problem between me and my stepsister because I was really close to her mother. Uh-huh. Um, okay. My father's second, and it was easier. I don't want to say, mm, how can I say this? She and I got along okay because I didn't act like the spoiled brat that her daughter acted like she was. And that's just the simplest way to say it. She was an only yeah. child. She was used to having absolutely everything she wanted. And so here I come along, and like I said, we were a threat to each other. She was the only. I was the oldest. Yeah. But my relationship with my parents mandated me to behave a certain way that she didn't have as that boundary with her. And what it ultimately did was it created, she had a very strong tie with her mother. Yes, she did. But I also did. And she wasn't Mm. prepared for that. Okay. And, and I didn't mind sharing her with my dad, probably because I already knew how to share my dad with my brother. But she didn't know how to share her mother. And, yes, it did create an issue. When okay. she was happy about us, she was happy. <laughs> but if she had an issue with me, there was an issue. It was just yeah. that simple. And, and our relationship was always cordial. I haven't seen or heard from her now in over 25 years. Um, wow. We have got to do better as people. Well, my, you know, the 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 tie that bound us was my stepmother, who is no longer with us. So mm. we just it it just happened that way. But um, I would have to say that the influence on me was was pretty cool. What I did learn was that you have to understand different parenting styles if you're going to blend a family. Yes, and I saw that with my mother and my stepfather. <laughs> because my mother was definitely more strict than my stepfather was. And there were times where in our house, my mother would just put her foot down because my stepfather and my father, they were the parents where as long as you were doing what you were supposed to do, they didn't care what else you did. My mother was the type, I don't care if you did everything you were supposed to do. These are the boundaries. These are the limits Mm -hmm. and you will honor them. So, I would say that I learned from them 
that when you're going to blend a family, you have to consider that there's more than just two people getting married with kids. There's a whole dynamic involved there, and you have to sort of explore that if you want everybody to blend in smoothly. That is so, so true. I have that opposite. When um, my oldest brother and sister, when their mother passed, um, and I don't even know if they know this, but I actually had my own relationship with her. And we didn't have any conflict about it because they didn't really particularly know, you know. And and I enjoyed that because I really got to actually get to know her. And as the years went on, I started really, really liking her. Um, you know, so, you know, at first it, it was like, okay, that's just their mom. But once you get to know someone personally, you get that opportunity to really look at their life and let them tell you some of their stories. And you get to see the picture a little bigger than it really was. So, yeah, after their mother passed, we got actually closer. And my sister, especially, um, was little bit, literally more active in um, pursuing a sister relationship once her mother was gone. Um, and our relationship is really good now. So I'm, you know, grateful to have my sister. I'm just sorry it came at such a price, pretty much. So, Tanya, how about you? Well, um, Tracy and I were two spoiled brats uh, in the beginning. (laughs) We were just two spoiled brats. We were the first grandchildren. We, uh, We just, we were really good. And then, you know, uh, time changes. Uh, I became the black sheep of the family because I had a child out of wedlock. And I moved away from the family. And there was discard between our parents and my sister and I, because my sister went to college and I didn't go to college uh, right away. I went to community college. And um, we uh, we got torn apart at that part, that time of our lives. And our parents didn't make it any easier for my sister and I. And my parents were going through something, and they end up getting divorced. And um, I didn't have a close relationship with my father, and my sister did. And I was very angry with her, so I didn't really speak to her. And I would come in town and didn't see her or my mother or my father, and they would get very annoyed when I came Mm. in town and didn't see them. And um, no one made it better. Um, Unfortunately, um, it got worse, and it got to the point none of us spoke for a while. And then when I had um, my second daughter, my my first daughter, um, my second child with my um, now husband, um, it brought all of us together. They say, you know, babies and funerals bring people together, Mm -hmm. but that is so true because I had a child, and it brought our family back together again. And then now me and my sister are thick as thieves. My <laughs> uh, parents are actually jealous of me and my sister's relationship because <laughs> we speak all the time. And, you know, my sister more or less will probably be the caregiver of our parents. I'm telling you now, Tracy, if you're listening. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's more tolerable in things. I'm, you know, even though I bring everyone together because I'm the best cook of the family, and Tracy now uh, is uh, the person that we all go to family gatherings. It used to be my home, but now it's my sister's home. And now they speak more with my sister than they did with me. It's amazing how 
time changes things mm-hmm. and switches like you flip-flop, you know, and it's okay, but the relationships now seem to be a little different because my sister's more in contact with my parents. It, Like I said, when we had, when I had my daughter, it brought us all very close, but then something like went away again, but we're, we're getting closer again. So it's amazing. It goes back and forth and back and forth. But okay. um, for the most part, me and my sister are thick as thieves. All right. What happened to Antoine? <coughs> Antoine is a different story. <laughs> now, that poor boy is like you, Simone. He had came to the world as an only child. Yes. And then he has uh, six brothers and sisters on his father's side, mm. and he has five brothers and sisters on his mother's side. So he's like, where did all these people come from? I want to say where these ninjas come from. He didn't like it at all. He was like, why, why did y'all have all these kids? Where are they coming from? And, you know, he had discard with everyone. He's like, I just want my father and my mother. He didn't really want us to get back together. He just didn't understand why are all these other kids in his life. And then what makes it so bad, he's the eldest. He was always babysitting on his father's side, but he didn't babysit on his mother's side. So Mm. when he went to see his father for the summer, he was always watching the kids. He hated to go see them. But uh, he was angry that Mm -hmm. he had all these brothers and sisters. He was very angry. And then what made it so bad, the mothers on both sides were not really so great with their kids because when they came around them, kids could be really cruel you know, when their parents are, are are not really teaching them well and they're angry with the parent or they're angry with the relationship the new parent has, the kid comes in with all that animosity and they, they bring it in and they take it out on the child <clears throat> because they're there with their parent that they wish their parent was with them. And they're just, you know, he went through a lot of that on both sides, you know, mm. and now they're all scared to death of him because now he looks like a Goomba because he used to be a little skinny, squeaky kid. Yes, now they're did. terrified of him. <laughs> and, they, and they're almost like, like attention to him, like, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, because they're afraid that he may knock him out now. Before, you know, they used to, like, push him around, but now, my God, there's no way on earth where they push Mm-mm. him around. And guess what? If you're all listening, you know I'm right. So... Mm. They gave him hell. He did go through that hell with um, Sybil rivalry, you know, but he always, you know, he's always the nice kid. You know, he's always trying to bridge them together, but they're, because of their parents and their madness with their parents, they brought that madness to him, and he had to deal with it for a very long time. So it was really hurtful and painful, so it caused all kinds of discard even with the parents. So I'm just telling each and every mother out there, don't bring your mess to your children so they go back with their step or their half-brothers and sisters to to take it out on them. Children should be children. You shouldn't be discussing your business with the children. You uplift them. You should educate them and love them. But telling them what goes on between A and B, let me tell you right now, you are all dead wrong. Stop it. Okay, I'm going to stop now. 
That was pretty good. Very well said. Very well said. Look, and I made sure I put that point out there because I can relate to Antoine. I understood how Antoine felt. So with all that said, let's talk about this. Oh, wait a minute. We didn't get Kim. Kim, you didn't talk about um, your daughter. My daughter? Yes. My daughter, okay, so she is the the first grandchild. She was the first baby born to my bio, to my biological grandmother in like 19 years. My cousin, I had her when I was 29. My cousin was like 19, and then mm-hmm. we have this baby who comes along. So she's the princess on my side <laughs> because she's the first mm-hmm. great-grandchild. On her mm-hmm. father's side, he's the youngest of 13. She was his second child, but because she's the child of the baby, she was the princess, princess, princess on that side. So every time mm. she came home, I had to deprogram her. But mm-hmm. the, the, the thing about her was she's an only child for her mother. Her brother's an only child for his mother. And then they have a younger sibling. She's in the middle. Um, that's also an only child. So they're only children, but they each have two siblings. So their, hmm. use, their story is unique because when they would all be at their dad's house, then they had to look at their birth order. They're, the brother's the oldest, my daughter's the right. middle, and then she has a young, they have a younger sister. So they had that experience of having to share a household and a parent and then they would go back home where everything was their own. And that was a little bit of an adjustment, especially for the brother because he, their father raised him. So their brother was always there, and then he'd have these two sisters who came. So this was his time to be big brother, but only child Princess Nikki wasn't having it. <laughs> so they had to learn how to um, deal with being siblings, if yeah. you will, and even as mm-hmm. adults, you know, Sometimes she'll say something about her brother or her sister, and people will say, I thought you were an only child, because that is how she presents herself. She'll say, well, I am an only child, but I'm also one of three siblings, but only child living is what I know the most about. Right. So she, she's done pretty good with that, but she was very jealous when it came to her younger cousins. She didn't want anybody to deal with her cousins because, of course, when they came to see her, she was Queen Nikki. And these little kids looked up to her. And so when she had to share them with her other cousins, she had to deal with that. Right. So um, I I had to teach her how to share. But in terms of um, drama that way with her, there was none. So um, I I asked her father to be her father. You know, my life always has to be the the movie of the week. So (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and explain that. Because I was probably, I was married for about 15 minutes back in the early 90s. And my marriage did not produce any children. And at that point in my life, um, I, was not, I was never that little girl who grew up and thought about my wedding. I was that little girl who grew up and thought about being a mother. So after my marriage didn't work, I did not want to get married again. I really didn't want to have a, a relationship, but I wanted to be a mother. <clears throat> So I approached her father because we had, you know, known each other for years. Um, I knew his family. I knew his background. And I asked him if, you know, we could conceive a child. And at first he told me no. 
he said he, you know, had already had children that he, you know, his son at that point. And he said mm-hmm. he hadn't prepared for his son. He really wasn't trying to have any more kids at that point. And he told me no. So um, I had this one other friend, and I asked him, and he told me there was no way that he would be a father to a child and not be a part of that child's life because that was one of my stipulations. I didn't want the father to be involved because I had my own drama with my father. (laughs) I didn't want my daughter to have that or my son. So I just, yeah, there you go. So I just (laughs) wanted to raise my daughter. And so I had to go back to her father and say, look, all I want you to do is father her. You don't have to raise her. I mean, just sign her birth certificate so that she knows that I know who she is and because I never expected her to even be a part of his life. Hmm. So um, <clears throat> I had my daughter and his family figured out he must be the father because that's who they, I mean, that's who Kim was hanging out with. They were together all the time. The timing is right. And so they came to us and his mom um, was still alive at the time. And they said, there is no way you guys are going to have our baby and she not be a part of our lives. So mm. um, and I'm going to take a pause That's where on some that of the drama one. came from, though, yeah. because we'll tell that drama he and I when we had come back, Kim. Oh, Kim, we're right. going to finish that drama when we come back. We're going to go ahead and take bills. a... We're going to pay them bills, and we'll be back in a couple <laughs> minutes, and it's your, finish that story. So go ahead and refill your drinks. This is the time to go to the kitchen, get in that refrigerator, refill the drinks, and come on back. Last time that I checked, last election, America stood as a nation divided. And as a result, America became a nation under the racist regime and dictatorship of a tyrant. Yeah, we know all about the politics. We know about the voter suppression and the poll tampering. We know about every tactic that they use to discourage minorities into believing that they have no voice. There's a reason why they don't want your voice to be heard. And that's exactly why we vote. We take our voice, we take our vote, and we take our unity, and we take back our future. And not just for president, from the judges to the school board to the police chief. We the people will decide upon the decision makers who are committed to the people. And not this capitalistic administration set on destroying the very fabric of our society. One vote, one voice, it's that simple because you're not we stand or divided we fall hey hey we're back we are back thank you very much i hope everybody went to the refrigerator or did their thing and came on back so we're going to finish up with uh kim talking about little miss princess so go mm-hmm. ahead kim handle that so <laughs> the long and the short of it was um the first few years were really difficult because I was doing my part to not involve him, and he was doing his part to not be involved. Family was doing their part to stay involved. And Mm -hmm. I was not going to be on one of these talk shows 25 years later, you know, being asked, why did you keep me away from my family? Right. I wasn't going to be that parent. So because her father's family wanted to be involved, I mean, his one sister literally kept her every Sunday after church. When I would go to church on Sundays, I would prepare for her to be gone with her aunt the entire rest of the day. And that went on for several years. And eventually everybody came around. And, um, well, he and I did because 
we were the two who were caught in the middle of this, and I had a lot of anger because my family honored my wishes. Why couldn't his family honor his? And it just just didn't go that way, but she's very close to her father's family now. Um, She's close to her father, but we had to realize that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it was not going to be about us. It was going to be about her. There you go. There you and go. That, so, that is the story, y'all. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. Now, um, <clears throat> I, I personally, I have two sons. Uh, everybody knows Marcus and Justin. And <clears throat> Marcus has a different father than Justin, but Justin's father pretty much raised Marcus. Um, because I met Mark, uh, Justin's father when Marcus was probably only about one years old. Um, so he's been there from conception. Um, this leads into the next question. So I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell my story. And y'all, y'all think about what story y'all going to tell. What do you feel when you think about your baby daddy? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I'm glad you go. first to give me some time. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the couch now we're on the couch not only we're on the couch we're live y'all i'm just saying okay i'm gonna go first uh first my first son's father wasn't really participating a lot in uh, my son's life and because of that that is how i met the second baby daddy <laughs> And um, he and he and I formed a structure that was a family and uh, raised the boys together. Um, I've always been an open parent. I always told them that, you know, you can have your father whenever you want to, as long as you follow the rules. That's that's my only thing. Look, my house, my rules. Everybody's happy. But, you know, when you go with them over there, Kim, I can relate to you with the deprogramming thing. they, my kids understood you better be deprogrammed before you hit that door because I'm not going through all that. You know the rules in this house, so get yourself together and figure it out by the time you get in here. Um, they um, really were raised together uh, under the second father um, pretty much their whole life. Um, and you know what's so interesting, I, I want to tell people because it's really relevant to this blended family thing. Um, when me and the second father uh, divorced, um, the kids were, um, I think Justin still had about two or three more years left of high school. Um, Marcus was going to college at that particular time. And it, it, it took a toll on the on the family structure. However, I, I got the kids. I had to be a single mom. I literally worked two jobs to make it happen because I didn't want my children to have to kind of lack for whatever family life that they used to have. And it is so ironic, you know, karma is something because right now as we're speaking, both of them are with their dad. I am literally out of the picture. I have given them all I can give them. And as they were going along in their journey of growing up and becoming from boys into men, they realized they needed their dads more. And so I said, you need to go get your dad. Hello, here he is. Here's his number. Call him up. Go get him. Go get him. He needs to come get mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I, I'm I'm not that type of mother who held my kids away from their fathers. Women out there, boys need their dads. Period. That's right. As long as their fathers aren't hurting them. Now I'm not saying that they were the best 
dads, and we have to look at ourselves within that um, choice that we made in the first place. But they still know how to teach them how to be men um, a lot better than we can. But we still play. Don't don't forget, though, y'all, I, I'm a big firm, firm believer. I played a big part in it, too. So I gave them a lot of foundational things. But when it came to man things, man emotions, how men respond and act in the world and how they're supposed to move, they need their dads. And so I, I made sure that my sons had their dads when they needed them. And they still need their dads. And that's where they're at right now at this point, you know. And their fathers are the ones now that are helping to do their part. Because when you don't do, I'm going to say this to dads out there, when you don't do your part in the beginning, at some point in time, you need to do your part. And women out there, stop being mad at the baby daddy so much that you don't make him a daddy because these kids are going to need that daddy at some point in time in their life. That's and you're right. going to need him to be already acclimated because you don't need him to start fresh square off when, when you know, when he's 16, 17, because it ain't going to work, y'all. I'm just going to tell you That's that. Right. That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. you know, you need to let that go. If you're angry at the father, the father's angry at the mother, keep it there. The kids ain't got nothing to do with any of this. That's right. They each need, you know, I, I, I also agree, you know, if he's a hurtful or harmful or has got bad element around him, then, yeah, apparently then that's not necessary. They don't need to be around that. But if not, it's still the mother's responsibility to find them a positive male role model. That's so right. just, you know, just, just remember that and think about that because boys need their fathers and girls definitely need their mothers. You know, right. you can't. You know, a, a male can raise. I'm not having no animosity or any problems with you know, men who are raising little girls. Because let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. From what I'm hearing and seeing, the men raising these daughters, they kind of winning. <laughs> they got yeah. better stories <laughs> at this point in time than some of the mothers. And I don't mean to be mean about that, but you know, open your eyes, start listening and looking, because our problem as women is we're too emotional. And we're allowing our feelings to get in the way of our parenting. And you cannot mix the two. That's so right. Amen. I just wanted to get that Amen. out there. That That's my thing, Tanya. Maybe I needed to vent that earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We discussed this earlier. <laughs> because, because that is one of my biggest pet peeves. You know, be co- you, know you need to be more cognizant of who you lay down with. And my grandmother always told me that. Be careful who you lay down with and sleep with because you just might get stuck with him. Mm. And you might like him now, but that ain't guaranteed you're going to like him later. Mm. (laughs) So we're going to have to start having a show before the show. (laughs) I'm just saying we're going to have some church up in here. I'm just trying to tell you. Be careful. You know, don't get caught up in that. I'm having my fun. I'm doing me, and I got this, and this is that. Yeah, but you're going to be stuck with him forever. Forever, ladies. Remember this. Forever. Now, he may go ever, ever. And here's the sad thing. I don't care how many years he goes away, he coming back. That's right. At some point in time, he has to come back, especially if you have a son. And he should have never went anywhere in the first place. So, man, I'm going to tell y'all about yourselves today, too. Okay? But there there are other circumstances that, you know, are what they are. But 
Um, if, if you're going to not cover up and keep your seed to yourself and you feel the need to just share so freaking much, just remember how much time you're going to need to share later. 18 years. 18 years. 18 um, years. So, <laughs> just trying to tell you. And sometimes it's not over 18 years. So let's keep this That's real. right. You know, a lot of people keep telling you this 18-year stuff, but my kids, they older than 18. They ain't went no daggone where. I don't know who the heck said that. (laughs) They still here. I don't know about y'all. How y'all feel about that? Well, I I have to piggyback on that because I totally agree. Um, One thing that we have to understand is that we're raising kings and queens. And if we decide, well, we're younger, we don't realize that because no one really taught us that. No one said that to us. Mm-hmm. Um, they just told us, go to school, get married, stay married, raise your family, you know, yeah. stay at your job. That was it. And unfortunately, um, if I knew what I knew now, I would definitely look for a king to raise a king. Mm, because then yeah. I know that I'm a queen and I have to raise a queen. And unfortunately, a lot of women, they get mad when their 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 male part that they had a child with is no longer with them because they're not in control of that situation anymore. So now the way that they control it is through their children. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, their children... Or money, the child um, support. Yeah, yeah, or their mommies. I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. women first, and I'm going to go to yeah. men. Don't knock it off. I'm going to get everybody. <laughs> but uh, the women, unfortunately, they they tend to... Uh, feed their negativity to their children, and it brings it back to the man and the woman who they're with now. And it's unfortunate. And we're not allowing especially the boys to be boys and then to be men. And because Mm -hmm. now you're keeping them away from the man, like you said, if there's nothing wrong with that man and he's not hurting them, he needs to be teaching them. Yes. Because a woman can't teach a man. Now, men... Men, 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 if you are taking care of your daughter and your sons and there's something going on with that woman, for whatever reason it may be, because it happens that way too, that sometimes men get custody of their children and this woman is not hurting and harming their children, you still they still need a mother. They need that love. They need that nourishment especially the girls, they need to be taught how to be a queen. And you can't teach her how to be a queen. So don't keep your daughters and your sons away from the woman. Unfortunately, no one is teaching or talking about this. So Mm -hmm. these children are hurting. And then they turn around and they're, they're hurting the children that they get around because they're, they're, they're not being kids. They're being taught how to be adults at 10 and 12 and 13 and 14. So now they're walking around with these attitudes and they're walking around with this disrespect and they're not learning how to be children. So now when they're coming around and they're telling you no and they're 10 years old, you're looking at them like, who are you talking to? What do you mean you're not (laughs) going to do something? You're in my house. I don't know what you do in your house. But see, now you have to give the rules and regulations when they come into your house. And like you said, then when they come home, you have to deprogram them from what they went through from somebody else's home. So we need to be mindful that these are children and we can't expect them to understand so much because they're already hurting that they're not around their parent all the time. 
So stop giving them a hard way to go, ladies and gentlemen, and just be the king and queen and teach your little princess and princess how to be kings and queens later also. But unfortunately, no one taught us how to do that in the beginning because our generation is generational gaps. And we need mm. to fill them, and we need to fill them right, and we need to fill them with good seed and put them on fertile ground so that they can grow right. That's why we're out here having these kids doing whatever, however, and there's so much disrespect, and everybody's sleeping with everybody. And like you said, be careful who you lay with Woo. because you may be stuck with them, whether mm. it's a male or a female. So be careful. <laughs> yes. And if you know you're a queen, you need to be treated like a queen. And if you're a king, you need to learn how to have a woman treat you like a king. So guess what? You need to get your mind right. And I'm going to leave it right there. Mm. All right. Whew, that's a little tough to follow, Miss Kim, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, I have a moment right there. Woo, you go, the mic. Boom. But, <laughs> no, no, but no, no, I, I, I know you yet. can handle it because, you know, I don't roll with uh, anything but queen, so I'm just saying, <laughs> queen, come on no. with it. Tell that story. No. What is up with the you? One, the thing that we have to realize um, as adults, is that we teach children one of two things, how to be exactly like their parents or how to be nothing like their parents. Amen. They decide <laughs> as they grow up. Oh, yep. And in, in learning that lesson, there's oftentimes a lot of pain because the parent, first of all, was not trying to become a parent. They were trying to satisfy an agenda that made them a parent. Mm. Oh, hold up, hold up, stop. Ah! <laughs> Say that again. I know Bring that's that home right. Again. Say it again, because I don't think they I got said, you. Say it again. You, you were not trying to become a parent. You were trying to satisfy an agenda. You were in your mm. own sense of self, and yes. as a result, mm-hmm. you became a parent. Mm-hmm. That's right. And now the child yes. gets to suffer because your agenda did not go quite as planned. Planned. So the reason why we have all of these broken children is because they were born to broken people. That's right. That's right. And, and, And so this cycle continues because a lot of times the parents don't have the tools or the support and, sadly, in some cases, the desire to rear a child. Mm. Raising a child is one thing. You can make sure they have somewhere to sleep and something to wear and and something to eat, but to rear a child, to guide them, to teach them how to think, to teach them how to process, that's a whole different animal. Yes, And we're not always prepared to rear our children in the way that they should go because the parent doesn't know which way they're going. So how can mm. you teach what you don't know? Mm. And we've, and we've <sighs> become a society where you don't want anyone to say anything to your children. When I was a kid, right. if the teacher said I needed a paddle, I'm getting Whoa. a paddle and I might get a spanking when school, I get home. And you got Today, one you got mm-hmm. nobody wants mm-hmm. you to, nobody wants anyone to say anything to their kids. Everybody wants to do their own thing. So we have the extreme. Either I don't want you to say anything to my child or why don't you just keep my child so I can do what I'm doing. Mm, and these right. poor children get caught in the process. Daddies should be not only available to their sons, 
daddies should be available to their daughters because yes. that man should teach that daughter how to be respected by another man. We wouldn't have so many of these issues. Amen. The yes, daughter's indeed. first date should be her father. Yes. And Come that on. father should teach her where respect for a woman comes from when she's dating a man and, and what the traditional role is and what in today's role is because respect for oneself and for each other should not be lost in gender role change. But that's what's happened. Mothers should be there for their sons because yeah. if, you, if you weren't treated right, don't teach your son how to be abusive too. That's Show right. him the strength of a woman in the way that he can appreciate it. <clears throat> that mm. is why it takes two to become a parent because each parent has a role. Well, let me stop you right there, Kim. Now, it doesn't just take the two. It takes a village. It takes a village to raise the child. It takes a village to raise, but it only took two to get the child here. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I got you on that one. It takes two to create because Mm -hmm. that child needs both. And just like Simone said, the village, I had a village. I had a whole lot of parents. Yeah. Yes. And, and, I, I, and, had and I had a community, village. I had a village. Yeah, I had a village. I had a lot of parents. And mm. I dare not disrespect any one of them. Amen. So another sh- another when we're looking at all, Yeah, well, so when we're looking at all of this, what to say about the kids and the disrespect, it's there because they don't come from respect. Mm-hmm. You must go back to where the seed was planted. Hmm. Bring it home. Bring it home, sister. Bring it home. Well, unfortunately, we are the all... um. I, Go ahead, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Unfortunately, Go what ahead. I wanted to say is that with um, brothers and sisters, uh, unfortunately, when they come from mixed families, and they learn to manipulate also. <clears throat> When they have a parent over here that does one thing and a parent over here does something different. So, unfortunately, well, mommy said I didn't have to do it. Well, daddy said I can go, you know. So they learn to manipulate. And because a parent isn't around the child so much, they feel the guilt. And then the guilt gets on the parent. And then they they allow the child to manipulate them to go ahead and do what they want to do. And then when another sibling that lives in that house with that parent sees that, sees certain things, I'm just trying to bring it back to the siblings real quick, um, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. the the children feel like, well, you don't let me do that. Mm. And see, we're not learning, like you said, um, the traits of parents. We don't teach each other right, and our parents didn't teach everything to us and when you have people not teaching each other then you're raising children to manipulate and do all types of things and then these kids get around each other and then they manipulate each other they manipulate the parents and then people have animosity towards each other and everybody's (coughs) angry and everyone then you have a bunch of angry parents angry children and we're not teaching any good traits so just to bring it home with the traits I just want to make sure that we all are on the same page and you don't let children manipulate elders and parents need to stop feeling guilty and just be parents. 
And just yeah. because you wasn't taught it, you know what's wrong and you know right from wrong. Do right. Do your children right because you had them and they didn't ask to be brought here. That's right. Yeah. They didn't and ask to be brought here. So regardless that Please. this is this and that's yeah. that, take care of your children and stop letting them manipulate so that they don't cause animosity with their siblings. Well, here, here's here's the key point here. Parents, you guys are the ones that are driving the train and the bus. That's right. They got on the bus or the train. Is everybody mm-hmm. with me? Okay. Yes. So how is the child sitting in the back of the bus or the train dictating anything up front? I'm not quite <laughs> understanding any of that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had to say that. So in my home, there was my, it was, I was, I was left at home because my two older brothers, they were, they had gone away. And so I, it was me. Um, and my actually my youngest brother because my brother Elliot was gone. So it was me and my youngest brother at home. My youngest brother is my stepbrother. So it was he he was living in the house with his father. I'm living in the house with my mother. Now we're both older. I'm considerably older than he is. But my point was this: when me and my brother, my biological brother, were being raised. My mother had a rule. I'll just use the TV as an example. If she could hear the TV, then it was too loud when it was her bedtime. So my brother and I were sitting here trying to read lips because this was before closed caption, trying to watch television because she wanted the TV down. Now, my stepfather didn't care, but my mother said the TV is down. So when my stepbrother came to live with us, at this Mm. point it's me and him living at home. He would have the TV on, and if my mother didn't want to hear it, she would remove herself from the situation rather than create friction about it. Now, what Mm. would happen was because my mother and my stepfather had this understanding that the way she raised me and my brother was not the way he was choosing to raise his son. So ultimately, they had to come to a place where, look, we are the adults in this situation, and I'm yeah. not going to be running away from the TV set. So it wasn't about <clears throat> whether or not we as the children appreciated the rules. It came to these are the adults in the house, and if we have to live by two sets of rules in this house, that's fine, but the people who pay the bills won't be the ones put out about it. Hey, hey. And so, yes, we did have to go through that period of adjustment because – my stepbrother came to live with us later on in life. He was in high school, I believe, by the time he came. And so mm-hmm. my, my stepfather was, you know, the more lenient parent, but he was just as lenient with me as he was with him. Let's clarify that. But I knew that in the house I better do what my mother said or we were going to have a problem. Yeah, so, two minutes. But you, you, have to, you have to create a dynamic in the home that works for the parents because without the parents, stepchildren wouldn't exist. Hmm. So yeah, well, how about this? Your guilt. Hmm? Go ahead. You know, part of the problem is that they parents, if you're going to be in a blended family, you all got to parent together. You wouldn't be dealing with a lot of these issues if all the parents got together and had to decide what is best for the children, not best for you. Best for mm-hmm. the children. 
But people but you're operate not getting out of guilt. For that. You're, you're, you're getting, Tanya is 100% right. When you have guilt and manipulation, mm-hmm. listen, validation, appreciation, and control, and I know yeah. I've kind of down, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's always mm-hmm. a matter of worth, gratification, or security. And if any of that feels threatened at any time in a relationship, whoever mm. needs to be used to satisfy that will be used. Just don't yeah. use the parents mm-hmm. to use it. I want to give a shout-out to my mother, Wayna, because no matter what my father did to tick her off, no matter how many times my father said he might do something and he didn't, she never, ever, never, ever, never, ever spoke against my father to me. Amen. You don't need to do that. Children will learn but on their own. Important. You don't need to do that. But That's right. It's very, very important that parents realize that when you talk against their parent, you talk against them because they are a part of that person. That's right. Mm, yes, And I have to give ups on that because I was one of those parents, and I have to tell you that's very difficult when yeah. you have a problem with the other parent. And I had to do that for a very long time until my son got old enough to see it for himself. And he that's said, right. how did you deal with him? <laughs> and I said, well, he's your father. So you're old enough to see it now so I can speak to it because now you're in your late 20s and now you see it for yourself. I didn't have to say anything, but it was very difficult not to say your father's a beanhead. It was very difficult not to call his father names. It was difficult. Ladies, I know know it's difficult, but don't do it. I know it it is. Do it. Don't, don't do, do it, it please, ladies. Lord, don't but do in, it. in closing, ladies and gentlemen, we're just trying to make sure that we bring people together. We give them some tools to be able to have understanding. Please understand that the actions that you are out here doing with your children, they are the things that are molding your children to become who they are. And some of them are becoming okay. And some of them, if you don't do it right in the beginning, it will resonate in the end. I'm trying to tell you, you're not going to be able to get rid of them because they did not get it in the first place so with that said we'd like to thank you very much for being here on couch chronicles please stay tuned for thank god for being who he is and the infinite power that he is and wisdom thank you thank you thank you that's all i can say and i will see you back next week wednesday at 9 p.m on couch chronicles we're going to have part three of family drama so come on and learn something new I appreciate you, love you, and good night.